0: Thank you, Jesus. Praise the living God. As we get started here, why don't we start by going to Psalm 46.10. Psalm 46.10. To a psalm that's very Very familiar to all of us Because we've been here many times to Various sermons But in my opinion To me this is one of the most powerful Verses in scripture Psalm 4610 And if you don't have it underlined uh, In your Bibles please underline it Be still and know That I am God I will be exalted among the heathen I will be exalted in the earth The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. The main words there, of course, is be still and know that I am God. Last week, the message was talking about um, um, how do you get to know God and how you really got to want to know God. There were four, four points that we went over, and one of those points was trying to find a quiet time with God. In other words, being still with God. So today I want to expand on being still with God because we read the scripture and we so easily say, okay, the scripture says to be still. What does that actually mean? How do I get to the point of being still with God? This is so important that, uh, uh, I mean, it's come up on many occasions. And we know that the, uh, the, the song that we just heard during praise and worship time here was Be Still and Know. And I just want to read the lyrics from that song, because the lyrics to that song obviously was inspired from Scripture, Psalm 46.10. And the lyrics from that song that we just heard says, Be still and know that He is God. Be still and know that He is holy. Be still, O restless heart of mine. Bow before the Prince of Peace. Let the noise and clamor cease. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is faithful. Consider all that he has done. Stand in awe and be amazed and know that he will never change. Be still. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Be still. Be Be speechless. Be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is our Father. Come and rest your head upon his breast. Listen to the rhythm of his unfailing heart of love, beating for his little ones, calling each of us to come. Be still. Be still. I think the, uh, uh, the author of that song The, the singer there was it, As you know you just heard it It's a very beautiful piece of music And it really says it all pretty nicely That we need to sometimes To simply to be still Okay, But how again looking at scripture Just how does that play out Let's go to the book of Lamentations the book of Lamentations uh, Praise the living God Lamentations chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, in your Old Testament there, praise the living God. Lamentations number 3 I guess that's rain starting out there Lamentations 3 Verse number 22 Lamentations 3 Verse 22 I'll wait For everyone to get there It's, uh, it's right before Ezekiel Right before Ezekiel And after uh, Jeremiah Praise the living God Praise God Praise God Lamentations 3 It's so important that we read scripture So that we know what we're basing Basing our messages on Okay Chapter 3 Verse number 22 It is the Lord's mercies That we are not consumed Because his compassions fail not They are new every morning Great is thy faithfulness The Lord is my portion saith my soul Therefore will I hope in him The Lord is good unto them that wait, please underline wait. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait, underline quietly wait. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Praise God. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Okay? So we see here in scriptures, here again now, we're seeing the words quietly wait, you know. And as we said last week, there's so much noise in our lives. There's so much going on. There's music. There's a cacophony of sounds and, and everything. And as the, the psalmist, as the singer said even, um, to, to, to let the noise and clamor cease. You know, and sometimes it's so hard for us as human beings, and especially in this world, this digital age that we're in, where we're being bombarded all the time with messages and news and radio, TV and so on, to let the noise and clamor cease. We look at, at the book of Isaiah, go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 7. Okay, we're talking about being still here. What does it mean to really be still before God? You know, does it mean that I'm just standing in one spot? What does it mean to really be still? You know, last week we were talking about really, really getting to know God. And what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing in my spirit is that we as Christians need to really learn to get into a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with God beyond simply going to church and saying our prayers from time to time. Amen. Amen. we really need to get into a a mold here where we're really touching God and communing with him and and able to to lock him out, to make him really a part of our personal experiences uh, on a daily basis. Isaiah chapter 7, okay, and starting with verse number 1. And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. It could not prevail. It couldn't win over Jerusalem. And it was told, the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim. In other words, they're working together in cahoots. And his heart was moved, and the heart of his people, As the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Sheer Jezebel, thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. And say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Please in the line be quiet. It's saying to him, take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint hearted. Please in the line, fear not, neither be faint hearted. So we see two things. He's saying there to be quiet. And fear not, and don't be faint hearted, for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of resin with Syria and the son of, of Ramalia. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia, have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex it. Let us go up let us go and make breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabial. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Please in the line, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin, And within three score and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it not be a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the king and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Please in the line, if you shall not believe, surely Surely you shall not be established. So we see up here, back up to verse number 4, where it says, Say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted. We see here a connection between being quiet and being still, and not letting fear come upon yourself. And because that fear will not come upon you because you're still and being quiet, that you will wind up being victorious over whatever it is that's coming against you. In this particular case, they were going to be attacked. And he was saying that it shall not come to to pass. In verse number 7 thus, thus, thus saith the Lord God It shall not stand Neither shall it come to pass Alright And then he says in the, clo- the close out there In number nine, verse number 9 If you will not believe Surely you shall not be established So first of all God is saying that Lastly You've got to believe what I'm telling you Alright So God is saying here To put it in modern day times here Being still before God And being quiet before God Will help to eliminate the fear that's in your life, and will also bring you to a point where God can tell you what to do, as He told them here, in terms of overcoming or being prepared for uh, or defeating uh, whatever it is that is coming against you. But you've got to have the faith, because it says there that uh, if you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. All right. So you've got to have some faith. All right. So, so this is saying then, being still before God does a couple of things. Not only is it just a good thing for you to be meditating before the. Lord, but will also, your quiet time, your being still with God, will help to take away any fears that might be coming before you, that might come before you, in in terms of what may be going on in your life, alright, so you got something going on in your life that's troubling you and bringing fear and anxiety to you, one of the first things you want to start thinking about, maybe I need to stop and be still, stop and be still with God, let the noise and clamor cease, as the as the guy in the psalm was singing, and the song was singing. Okay, if you go to Isaiah thirty, you go to Isaiah thirty you have to, you know, if, if what we're talking about here cannot be, be uh, backed up by scripture, then there's no sense in talking about it, so this is why we spend time in scripture here, to make sure that we're going by what the word of God says, not by my opinion or some man's opinion, amen, we, we don't conduct services here based on a popular book that someone has written you know, I've seen that in some cases they'll say, oh gee, my church is going through the book that so and so wrote called the so and so, so and so, and the church is going through a uh, six months of, of, of sermons and messages and classes based on what the book that that man wrote. And it's fine, the guy may be quoting scripture or whatever from time to time, whoever the author of the book, and I've seen that in so many cases. You've got to go to the word of God, what the Bible says, all right? Um, Okay, Isaiah Isaiah 30, verse number uh, 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Please underline. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And you would not. But you, but you said no, for we will flee upon horses. Therefore shall you flee. And we will ride upon the swift. Therefore shall they that pursue you be with, uh, you be swift. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five shall you flee. Till you be left as a beacon Upon the top of a mountain And as an ensign on a hill And therefore will the Lord wait That he may be gracious unto you And therefore will, you, will he be exalted That he may have mercy upon you For the Lord is a God of judgment Blessed are all they that wait for him Underline blessed are all they That wait for him So we see there the operative scriptures Are in verse number 15 In quietness and in confidence Shall be your strength Okay. So again we see here That being still before God also is something that strengthens us, all right? And then you see what these other verses are saying, verses number 16, um, 16 and 17 there. But you said, no, for we will flee upon horses, therefore shall you flee, and we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. So in other words, someone that says, no, I'm not going to be still. I'm not going to be quiet, I'm going to do it my way, I'm going to run, I'm going to flee he says, yeah, yeah, you'll flee but they shall also chase you and they will be just as swift. So in other words here, if you can't see, understand the concept of being still before God as a matter of of gaining and building your strength and you're trying to work it out some other way, you just decide that I'm going to try to run from the problem well guess what, the problem is going to chase you just as quickly. The problem will be just as fast to overcome and take you. So here again we see The wisdom and knowledge behind In quietness, verse number 15 In quietness and in confidence Shall be your strength These words, such words Reveal to us The close connection between quietness And faith They show us that a deep need They show us what a deep need There is of quietness As an element, as a part of truly waiting on God If we are to have Our whole heart turned toward God We must have it turned away from man. From all that occupies And occupies our interests Whether it be of joy Or be of sorrow Alright So if you're going to experience this You have to have your whole heart Turned toward God We talked a little bit about that last week You must have it turned away from man In other words Stop focusing on man so much And have your heart turned toward God You know All that's going on in the country You watch the news And everything that's happening today If you let your mind get occupied on what's happening with man In the realm of the natural And everything You wind up getting caught up in it And it's it, it, it prevents you. It steals your quiet time, if you will, because you won't find time to be with God because you're so focusing on man. So you've got to turn your heart more and more to God, you see. And I just got through telling one of my, my sons earlier, we were talking about current events, and I just said that it's gotten to the point that, you know, so many men, everyone you look at, is, is telling you lies, and you don't find out about it until somehow they get caught and it comes out. And just when you are believing a person, they, they, they lie so much. I just said to him, I said to one of my sons have said, I've gotten to the point that the only one I know that can solve this mess is God. Because you just don't know as far as a man who's lying to you and who isn't. God is indeed still in charge, you see. So my heart is turned away from the events of man. I mean, I listen to know what's going on, but as far as being worried and concerned about it, my heart is not turned towards men at all or trusting in man. You know, the elections, whoever we wind up electing is going to be possibly just as crooked as the next one over time. Who knows? You see, so we have to turn to God, you see. And in that quietness and trusting in God, that's where we find our strength. God is a being of such infinite greatness and glory and sometimes we can become so distant from him even us Christians you know he's a being of such great glory but we sometimes wind up up being distant you know we, we get pulled away from him that it requires our whole heart and desires to be set upon him in order to be still. In order to be still and to know him and to receive him. You know? It's hard for us to be still and get to know God if we're so caught up in the affairs of men and what's going on. You know? It's hard for us to be still and know God if we're caught up in the affairs of our families. You know? And our families, although they may love us, they may get us into a particular situation where all we're doing is focusing on them and focusing on what's happening here. That we we don't find time to pull away from those thoughts and to be still with God. Amen? Amen? Anything that is not of God. God, that stirs up feelings of fear, or stirs up, you know, thoughts of, of 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 your self-efforts, or things that you can do, will hinder hinder you from being in a position of waiting and being still in Him. You see. So, in other words, anything that's not of God, uh, um, that that stirs up fears, things are happening in your life. You have to ask, where is it coming from? What is bringing this fear? What are bringing these feelings of anxiety into my life? Where are these thoughts and things coming from, you see? And you've got to get your mind off of that because otherwise it will prevent you from being still. The message in the scriptures are of a deep meaning. Take heed and be quiet. In quietness, in quietness, in quietness shall be your strength. In quietness there shall be your strength. It is good that a man should quietly wait, according to the scriptures. It's good that a man should quietly wait. Scripture abundantly testifies how the very thought of God in his majesty and holy should silence us. You see? So sometimes when you've got these thoughts running through your mind that's putting you in such such turmoil, for you to just calm down and just think about the power and the greatness of God, the holiness of God. You start dwelling on that, it's very, very hard for you to be dwelling on the things that's happening in your life around you. Amen? Let's go to Habakkuk, to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2. We were here last week where where it said um, uh, about writing the vision upon the tablets, but now I want to look at another part of Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk 2, verse number 18. Okay, back at 2 verse number 18. What profiteth the graven, the graven image that the maker thereof has graven it? The molten image. And a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusted therein to make dumb idols. In other words, what does it profit you? What advantage does it give you uh, with the graven image? You know, the one that makes a graven image. What, what does it profit that person? What good does it do that person? And a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusts in those images to dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to the wood. Awake to the dumb stone. Arise it shall teach. Okay? Woe unto him that says to the wood, Awake to the dumb stone. Arise it shall teach. Behold it is laid over with gold and silver and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Underline, keep silence before him. Okay? So in other words, I mean, if you've got something that you're trusting in, can you say to that thing, arise or awake and have it talk to you and solve problems for you? You know, it's not going to do you any good. It's not good. You're not going to benefit from doing that. But the Lord is in his holy temple. that all the earth keep silence before him. So again, there's a benefit to us being silent before God and being quiet before God. You see, you know, and the thing about it is that if you're being quiet before God, then um, that takes away the ability for you to be thinking and trying to solve the problem yourself. Getting quiet before God and speaking to him and waiting for him, as we said last week, to say something to you. Let's go to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. There we go. Zephaniah 1. Okay, Zephaniah 1. And we're just going to do verse number 7. Hold thy peace, underline peace. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests. So hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. Okay? Peace again is being still. Hold thy peace. Alright? You go to Zechariah. I know we're going to a lot of these books that we don't go to too often. Alright? Zech- Ze- uh, Zechariah is near, um, near Haggai. Zechariah right before Malachi Zechariah Zechariah chapter 2 praise the living God this is just, it's one of the small books Old Testament here right before Malachi praise the living God Zechariah Zechariah chapter 2, and verse number, thir- uh, verse number 10. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, said the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. Underlining verse number 13 again, be silent. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy temple. Amen. So I'm giving you these scriptures so that you can see how repeatedly the Lord talks about being silent and waiting and being quiet. Being quiet brings us strength. Being quiet eliminates fears, you see. And many times we think that if we're feeling fearful of something, you know, that there's something we got to do. Yeah, 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 bind up that spirit of fear by all means because as a child of God you have not been given a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You bind those things up that are coming against you. But at some point one of the most powerful things is to simply get quiet before the Lord. To get quiet. Okay, because that's that's your source of, of strength and peace. Amen. As long as the waiting on God is mainly thought of as a way towards more effectual prayer and getting the things that we ask for, the spirit of perfect quietness or stillness will not be attained. Okay, so in other words, if you're thinking of just simply getting still before God because there's something that you want to do, because you want to uh, be so effective in prayer, or because you want something of God, um, that's going to prevent you from really, it's not going to help you with getting perfect stillness or perfect quietness with God. It won't get you there, you see, because you're thinking that my being still here now is going to get what I want. I'm praying for this new car, so I'm going to be still before God for a half an hour. I'm going to sit there and just be still before God for a half an hour simply to get something. It's not going to work that way, okay? It's not going to work if you're thinking that that's just going to be, um, uh, oh boy, I'm going into deep prayer now, so now I'm going to be still. Because it's the wrong motivation. You follow what I'm saying? It's the wrong reason for wanting to do that. All right, all right? Being still before God is really, really wanting to know him. Being still is forgetting about what I'm asking for. Okay, it, 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 it's forgetting because about oh gee, I'm not going to be still before God because I need this. Um, um, I need victory over this situation. That may be a part of it, but that's not your motivation. You understand what I'm saying? It's not your motivation. You're going before God to be still before Him because you want to know Him, you want to commune with Him, you want to hear from Him. You just want to be a part. Of, you want Him in your presence. You want to be in His presence. Amen. Amen. So for the wrong reasons, it will be impossible for you to actually be still before God. But when it is seen that being still and waiting on God is in itself an unspeakable blessing One of the highest forms of fellowship with the Holy One And the adoration of him in his glory Will of course will be, and it will be necessary for you to humble yourself in holy stillness Making the way for God to speak and reveal himself all right? So in other words your being still before God is, is just adoring him your being still before God is, is waiting on him and is fellowshipping with him. You see, it's, it's so hard for me to put into, into human words almost. Um, being still before God and worshipping God is you in your spirit realizing how you are nothing. How you are so utterly dependent on God. If you get to the point for really, to where you really believe in yourself, that you know that before God you are nothing, and that you're totally humble, that you are really dependent on him, and that you love him and you adore him for who he is in your life, and what he's done for you in your life, and you can really get to the point of loving him and adoring him, that is the most profound fellowship with God that you can ever imagine. Okay? I, I don't know if you ever had anyone close in your life, you know, be it a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, a child or someone, aunt or uncle or something, that you and that person went someplace, that you did something together, and it was very little conversation at some point. You were simply near each other. Maybe you hugged each other. And it was such a profound feeling of connection between the two of you and love, you know, that you say, wow, what a wonderful afternoon that was. You know, we went to the beach or whatever it is that it was. And maybe there wasn't a whole lot of conversation, but just being with that person, hugging them, being in their presence, and just enjoying those moments. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I certainly have, and it's one of the most wonderful things to remember in your life. You know, when you get that kind of relationship with God, where you're enjoying His presence, you're humbling yourself, you're enjoying being around Him, you love Him because of who He is and His relationship to you, this is the deepest kind of fellowship that you can imagine. And because of that, if you're following what I'm saying, because... When you were with that human being, whoever that might have been, if you can remember that at, that, at that point in time, you've heard the expression, time stood still, you know. You're with that person, it was like time just stood still. There was no fear during those moments. Nothing, there was no anxieties, okay, because the, the, the time was peaceful, it was perfect. If you get that way with God, it's the most profound relationship because there will be no fear, There will be nothing for you to be worried about. There will be so much strength there, you see. And that's the time where you and God are literally joining as one. This is a spiritual time that is so critical for a Christian to experience, you know. And you can write about it, you can read about it in books and so on like that. But reading scripture and understanding what Holy Spirit is telling you through scripture, what it is that God wishes, he wishes to be in that timeless moment, those timeless moments with you where it's you and he together. So he can hug you and embrace you. Like the song said there, that how you can, you can know his unfailing love for you. You see? When you get to that, you will, you will physically feel a sense of peace and relaxation. And all of those issues, whatever they may be, you know, your job, your work, your family, your money, finances, sickness, whatever it may be, it'll just disappear before you. It'll go before you because there will be a, a, a time of being still and knowing that he is God. You see? Because you can only achieve that kind of stillness with God. That kind of peace with God. You see? And it's there. It's there for the giving. Okay? And when you get to that point then, that'll be where you're making a way for God to speak and reveal himself to you. You see? God revealing himself and speaking to you is just as real as my standing up here and speaking to you is just as real Matter of fact, it's more real because we know that the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm because the spirit realm pre-existed, the physical realm, you see. So you can get to the point where you get that relationship with God where you feel this perfect peace with him, that's when God will reveal himself to you and he will start telling you things. He will start telling you things. As simple as that. He will stop telling you he will start telling you things. There was something that was going on that I was kinda I don't want to say stressing out about, but I was stressing out about it, you know, and I went into prayer and, and, and got in some time with, with, with God there in peaceful time and quiet time, and I simply heard him say, Remember what you preached two weeks ago? And I went, and he, and, I went, and that was it. Do you remember what you preached two weeks ago? And I went and I dug up that message. And that message that I preached two weeks ago was exactly what I needed to do. So maybe I need to practice what I'm preaching. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But I'm a human being, and the devil certainly attacks me just like you. He attacks me more than you, probably, because here I am bringing the word of God, and the devil would love to shut that down, you see? But what I'm saying to you, though, if I didn't have that quiet time with God, And just running around, okay, and not listening to him, I would have never thought about just going back and listening to what I said two weeks ago, you see. So God will give you these pearls, these pearls, if you're quiet enough to hear him, okay, because he wants to communicate with you. Let's go to Isaiah again, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2. Okay, Isaiah chapter 2, verse number 6. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Judah, because they be replenished from the east. And are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end of their treasures. Their their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands. Please underline, they worship the work of their own hands. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself, therefore forgive them not. Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Okay, so we see a description shows that the fulfillment of the precious promise that, promise that all... Um, All of self and self-effort shall be humbled. In other words, you have to stop thinking about yourself as the one, the only one that can solve your problems. You see, you've got to, you've got to get away from that. The haughtiness of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. You've heard of a haughty spirit. The haughty spirit is someone that is so puffed up in self, they just walk, in, walk around thinking like, you know, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know? you know. Well, there's no way that you'll ever be able to be still and become quiet before God if you have that haughty spirit. It's just not going to work, okay. You cannot do this on your, in your own efforts, you know. The more you realize in your life that, you know, yeah, the, only thing that only, the only thing that you really, really control in your life is the, sense of, is, is the, the concept of choice, All right? You are the one that chooses to do whatever you do in your life. You are the one that chooses to believe the word of God, to be obedient to the word of God or not. You are the one who chooses whether or not I'm going to be haughty or whether or not I'm going to rely on God to, do, to, to take care of my life. Because taking care of your life, you cannot do successfully. Amen. You can choose which way you're going to go, of course, and that in a way is taking care of your life. But God is the only one that's really, really in charge of your life because he knows the past, the present, and the future. He knows where he wants you to be and he knows where you're going. Now, you can hinder those thoughts, um, those actions. You can tie God's hands by not believing him and choosing to do things that God would not want you to do. Amen? Amen? So you've got to get to the point that I can't do this by myself, you know? You know, you know? And when you became a born-again child of God, when you gave yourself to Jesus Christ, at some point you decided, I bet I, I need Jesus in my life. Because otherwise, I dare say, you wouldn't have accepted Jesus. You'd still out, be, be out there living in the world and doing the things that you did before you knew Jesus, you know? You know not all of us were, were um, fortunate, I guess is the, is the word, you know, to, to be born in a, to a point there that we were just always so churched and everything that, like that that we never, we never committed any sin. We're all born sinners according to the word of God. So at some point in your life, you chose to come to Jesus, you know? And at that time, you should have said that, Lord, I give it to you because I can't do it myself that's in essence what you're saying in in accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you see so the sooner you you realize that he is the only one that can help you and that humbles yourself before God then that allows you to go before God and be still to be still to be still you know and commune with him and let him let him uh, uh, come into your life and you be in his presence let everyone who wants to learn the art of being still and waiting on God Remember the lesson Take heed and be quiet In accordance with Isaiah 7 verse number 4 That we read before Okay Take heed and be quiet It is good that a man quietly wait Okay It's interesting that we see that sprinkle through scripture The importance of being quiet The key is to take time To be separate From all friends All duties All family All cares And all joy Alright time to be still and quiet before God. When you go before God you're not going into your prayer closet or wherever you are where you're trying to be quiet you're not taking thoughts of all of that with you. Forget about your friends forget about your job, whatever duties that you might have, who you gotta pick up who you gotta do this, forget about all of that this is you and God this is you and God Okay, this is why when we go into uh, praise and worship service, and, and I mean, you don't go into, into quiet time here in praise and worship, but during the praise and worship service there, there's a time where, I, if you remember, I say to everyone here, with well, this particular song, take some time and block out everything that's around you. This is a time where you want to connect with God. So even, even here in the sanctuary during praise and worship, when we're having what I call the quiet time, the time of meditation, when we're listening to a particular piece of music where you're meditating on God and you're kind of going through your um, inventory of what's happening in your life, where it's one-on-one, because so many times we go to church and we're worried about what someone is going to say to me that is going to think of me sitting to my left or to my right, in front of me or, or behind me, you know? And so therefore you get so pent up in trying to, To look cool or to be cool that you don't have time to really block out everything else and worship God, you know. I remember when I was a a young usher and everything and some of the the people the people in church, um, you you know, during the praise and worship service and everything, they would really be connecting with God so much sometimes they'd be praying with their hands up and kind of flailing and moving around and and so on. And just really getting into God and and forgetting that there's people around them. And Pastor told us as ushers, he says, as long as they're not hitting people in the head and knocking other people down, just let them praise and worship God. Let them pray. Because some people are more animated in praising God, you know, than others. And as long as they're not smacking people in the head and flailing their arms around, Pastor always told us to leave them be. Let them connect with God in their own way. Amen. And some were more animated than others, okay? But it never got to the point of being disorderly where it was distracting. But they were very, very conscious of the fact that this is my time with God. And and these people, you could tell by their faces many times, there was a lot of anguish that was going on. You don't know what was happening in their lives where they were crying out to God. But the point I am making is that they were not worried about who was there to the left or to the right in front or behind them. Because this was their time to be with God. You see, where you're blocking out distracting thoughts. Now, quiet time, when you're at home like this, you really need to block out and stop worrying about what's happening around you. What those, what the, the, the job, again, like I said, job, friends, family, uh, situations, events happening in your life that's troubling you, you need to block that out. Being still and knowing that God, God is God. The song says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. That's simply you being still at that quiet time and knowing that he's God. Humbling yourself and wanting to be in his presence. Humbling yourself and wanting him to just come in and fellowship with you. This is a time where you're kind of saying, okay, Lord, this is me and you. Me and you. You know, know, we're going out on a date, so to speak. You know, this is me and you, Lord. I'm blocking out. I'm not caring about anybody else. This is being still. And because of that, as we read in scriptures here, fears will disappear. You'll gain strength. You'll gain direction from God because he'll tell you what's on his mind. Take time not only to secure stillness away from man and the world, but from yourself and its energy. You know it takes energy to be concerned about what's going on in your life? Because if you're trying to be still before God and all you're doing is thinking about what's going on in your life, well, I got this bill that's coming up. I got to take the car in for a tune-up. I got to take the kids to the dentist. If you're thinking about all of that, you're not going to be able to be still before God. You got to literally block all of that out. And it takes practice. It takes practice because it's not always easy to do. You know, our minds, especially the busier you are, especially if you're a mom and dad and you got young kids. I mean, I I hear you. Sometimes it's hard to just block out the kids and to block out the thoughts of what needs to be done with the kids or for the kids. But you got to find that time to simply to be still and know that he is God. Okay, let the word and prayer be very precious. Let the word and prayer be very precious. But remember, even these, even these things, the word, may hinder the quiet waiting. The word and prayer is important, but it doesn't outweigh the critical aspect of being still. Alright? What am I saying there? I'm saying at that particular time, you, you're not necessarily thinking about the scriptures. You're not particularly thinking about some of your favorite verses that you've remembered. You're you're, you're, um, you're not thinking about uh, a fancy prayer. Okay, what you're focusing on here is simply being still before God. Okay, and saying, okay, Lord, this is me and you. Talk to me. I just want to be the Lord. I adore you. You know? And sometimes in your mind's eye, if you think about how powerful God is, think about Him relative to the entire universe. Think about how He's entered into your life, the things that He's done in your life, the things that He's done for you. Okay? That all will help for you to just simply be still. You see, what happens is that the activity of the mind, you know, in studying the Word or giving thoughts in prayer, these activities along with emotions and your desires um, can block you from really getting quiet with God. You see? You see? You know, if, 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 you're running, if you're running these things through your mind and you're thinking about these things, then you're not taking time to really, really block them out in being still with God. Okay? All right? So many times, you know, fears and things can so engage us that we do not come still. We don't come to the point of really being still and waiting on our glorious God, Father, you know? Our whole being, in sense, is prostrate in silence before Him. You know, you know you have, did you ever get to the point where you just felt so helpless and that you needed God that you simply laid down on the floor prostrate and just said, Lord, I need your help. I just want to be quiet and be still and block everything else out. This is a deep spiritual concept that I'm telling you, if you can embrace it and move in it, you'll, be so, you'll benefit so greatly for it. Though at first it may appear difficult to know how to quietly wait with the activities going on in your mind, You know, you need to keep them subdued for a time. If you manage to do so, every effort, I guarantee you, will be rewarded. You get to the point that you can just control your mind to block out those thoughts. And you're focusing on simply on being still with God. You'll be so greatly rewarded. If you continue to practice this, with practice it comes perfect, you will discover that being still before God will grow you. It'll grow you. You know, and a season or or, or time of silent worship will bring a peace and a rest that not only gives blessings in prayer, but it will give you blessings all day long. All right? So what I'm saying to you is that if you really practice and persist in doing that and being still before God it, it'll grow you. I had someone say to me you know Pastor I really want to, to grow in the Lord. I feel like I'm learning so much more and I'm, I'm learning so much about scriptures. I want to grow in the Lord. I, I, I want to get to the deeper things of God. Well this is one of the deeper things that we as Christians need to be able to do because it's growing. Now not only will you get a peace for that particular time that you're being still with God but you watch your entire the day will go differently, I guarantee you you start the day, if you have the time, or make the time to just spend some time being still with God and hearing Him, and just being in His presence when you get up from that, you'll feel so rejuvenated, you'll feel so refreshed that it will carry you throughout the day Amen? Amen. This is such a benefit to you. As Lamentations said, it is good that a man should quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. That's what Lamentations said. The quietness is the confession of our meekness. You can't be, you can't be, you know, braggadocio. You can't be a haughty. You know, your quietness is a confession of your meekness. You're going before God and you're being meek at that time. It will not be done uh, with all of our will or with all of our thinking and praying. We must receive it from God. So you're going there and again you're saying, I'm just surrendering all of these thoughts and I'm not going to worry about it. Lord, I just want to spend time with you. Amen. You have to be confessing also that you're trusting God. Okay, you're trusting him to, to come to you and speak to you and to tell you it needs to be done And to just take whatever is on your shoulders to take it off of your back The quiet time is you simply resting in him You know, you know how many, how many of us have things that you don't worry about doing because you know someone else will take care of it So you don't worry about it Amen, even down to our paychecks, especially if you have direct deposit You don't worry about whether or not your check is there you, you go online, you check, and the money's been deposited in there. Amen? So you don't worry about it. You see? Well, God wants us to be like that with every aspect of our lives, to be to the point where we just don't carry the burden. Okay? If you, if you really express that desire to get to know him, you know, and you, and you kind of sink back into a nothingness and let God work and reveal himself, you'll find your, your life so much easier. Do let us be still and wait quietly in daily life. Let there be in the soul that is waiting for the great God to do his wondrous work a quiet reverence an abiding, watching against deep involvement with the world. We've got to pull away from that. If you can get to the point of doing that, your whole character will come to bear such a beautiful experience that it's, it's, it's beyond my putting into words. Being still and quietly waiting for the presence of God. That's what we must need to learn to do, you know. So my soul, you say is of my soul, wait thou only upon God, you see. So again, it isn't something, this is so hard for me to articulate. Sometimes there are not human words to to convey what it is that you're trying to... That you need to accomplish in the spirit realm Because in getting you to that place It will be something that you may even find Find it hard to describe to someone else When all sorts of hell is breaking loose in your life There's so much going on in your life But you're able to find this quiet time with God You see And I guarantee I mean even sometimes if you cannot If it's not a matter of you getting up out of your bed But if you're awake And you're awake in the wee hours of the morning Don't get out of bed just stay there and lay there and meditate on God. Think about God, you know. Bring yourself down away from your thoughts if something is keeping you awake, awake. Focus on God. Just cry out to him and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. And then listen, and then listen. And you'll be surprised how sometimes you will hear, you will hear in your spirit something that, he's, that he wants you to do. Or something that he may be telling you to do to alleviate your issues or whatever it is that is that you're thinking about, you see. in those quiet night quiet we of we of the uh morning hours where there's so much stillness everyone else is is in, in your house is asleep and you're lying there on your pillow in the bed at night with the covers over you, go into a quiet time with God right there. You know, you don't have to necessarily get up out of bed and get down on your knees or go into your, your prayer closet to pray, but lay right there and just get into a quiet time with God and let Him speak to your heart. Amen. Let Him speak to your heart, and you'd be surprised what He'll tell you to do. You know, and sometimes it'll be the simplest things that we as human beings have simply overlooked. You see, because we spend so much time in trying to solve our problems, we're looking, looking, looking. How can we solve? How can we solve? Where can I do? Where can I do this? Whereas God has all the answers. And God will give something so simple to you, you know. As I said, the issue that I was was wrestling with, God simply said, go and listen to what you said two weeks ago. Simple as that. Hadn't thought about that. Amen. And that was the answer, you see. So God knows your heart. God knows what the issues are. So it's building that fellowship, that time. It is priceless. It is priceless. And it's something that we as Christians should, be, should, should all desire to have with God. And that's a quiet time. Amen. So put Psalm 46 on one of those post-its. You know one of those sticky things. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Or put it on your, your refrigerator or something like that. Where you can see it. Be still and know that I am God. And you'd be surprised just by seeing that scripture in the mornings or at night before you go to bed. You'd be surprised how it can be such a powerful reminder to you to be still and know that he is God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.